0: How are you doing?
1: Good. How
0: are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's been nice being able to chat with you, trying to get to know you, to know you a little bit better. Yeah,
2: definitely. I've enjoyed it.
0: That's good. Um, um, for those that don't know, she is extremely nervous. Miss Melissa, I can't say your last name. I don't want to butcher it. Is it Grits? Uh,
2: Grits. So, like the cereal, but with a
0: G. Okay. Okay. That's <laughs> awesome. She was nervous. Yeah. I get nervous every podcast. So, I we talked a little bit beforehand and it does help the conversation go a little better. So what do you know? So how's it been, been busy?
2: Uh, it's been extremely busy. Yeah. Uh, busy between work and clients, but, uh, I always say it's better to be busy than not, you know? Yeah.
0: I agree with that hundred percent. I don't like being stagnant.
2: No, Uh, I get anxious when I have too much like free time on my hands. Cause I feel like I need to be doing something. So, when I'm busy, I don't have that anxiousness as much, and I usually just try to be as productive as possible to keep everything moving as smoothly as possible. So it's, a, it's been a little chaotic the last couple of weeks, but you know, in a good way. You yeah, know? I
0: understand that. I, I always tell myself I'm going to get less busy when I get chaotic and get real busy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it never fails whenever things slow down. I get bored, and it's like... I'm a guy, so I'm going to get in trouble if things get, get too <laughs> bored. <laughs> I'm going to find something to get in trouble. <laughs> so tell the people a little bit about yourself. Kind of give an introduction. Um, we ain't, we're ain't, not, as you can say, I said ain't. We're not very professional. We just <laughs> let everybody know who you are. Just a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. So uh, obviously
2: my name is Melissa. Um, I'm carbs and PRs on Instagram. Uh, I am an international elite powerlifter, and I'm also a uh, powerlifting coach and personal trainer at Church Coast Barbell Club, the gym that I go to. Um, I want to say that there's a lot more exciting things than that, but <laughs> that pretty much sums up the majority of it. I do have a really cute dog. Uh, might be slightly biased with that, but...
0: Your dog's very cute.
2: Thank you. But, yeah, I mean, I guess that would be, like, the basic typical
0: how about long me. how long did it take you to get your international elite total
1: oh uh
2: okay so i was very strong for my weight class right off like right off rip um it was like my second or third meet at most which was all done within the first eight months of me powerlifting oh goodness yeah i was very busy, <laughs> I was very busy. um So, like, when I first started, uh, I got peer pressured into powerlifting. Like, I didn't even know what it was. I, like, had no, like, interest really in it. I just – one of my friends at the time and everything, he was really into it. And he, like, forced me to be his friend. And in doing so, forced me to go to the gym with him. Yeah. So, I followed his style of training, which was powerlifting-based and everything. And he thought that I was really strong and really was, like, trying to push me to compete. And I was like, I don't know, you know, like – that whole concept makes me really nervous. Yeah. I I like to do well, you know, uh, I can be a little bit of a perfectionist and I was like, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like I'm ready. I just like haven't really done this for very long. I don't even know what I'm doing. Next, like most of the time, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, I trained with him for like a couple of months and then, I don't know. He kept talking to me about signing up and doing a meet and then I was strong and this, that and the other. And I was like, very resistant against it still and then I'm sometimes I'm the type of person where like in order for me to commit to something I kind of just have to pull the trigger on it and then like get into it you know now Mm -hmm. I have to do it uh so the gym that I was going to at the time was hosting a meet I think April 1st it was uh back in like 2017 and uh like a month beforehand I just I don't know. I pulled the trigger and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do it. And I just like randomly signed up. <laughs> I wasn't following a program or training under a coach or like really doing anything. It's just like, okay, well, I'm going to do it. And if it goes well, it goes well. And if it doesn't, well, mm-hmm. I did it. Um, and then that kind of like, just, that's where I guess I began to like fall in love with it. I guess like the competing side of things. Cause yeah. I like leading up to it. I didn't have a coach. I didn't follow a program. I just kind of did things on a whim Sounds you know? like me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to have fun doing it. Uh, and then I uh, I ended up like switching gyms shortly after that. And then the gym that I switched to, they, there was a lot of like people there that were prepping for a meet That was It was literally like two months after the first
1: meet. Oh, goodness.
2: And, yeah. I I didn't have any guidance at the time to be like, maybe you should just like <laughs> yeah. blow it on you know, uh, and follow some programming for a bit. Um, but I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. (laughs) Um, and I think at that one, it was either, I don't think it was my first international elite total. I think I got an elite total. Mm -hmm. Um, and then after that meet, then I did gain, like I got a coach and I started following like programming and Mm -hmm. doing things, you know, the right way, I guess. Uh, and then, Later that same year in November, I believe that's when I hit my first like international poll.
0: That's awesome. So, what weight class are you in?
2: Uh, right now, one fourteen. One fourteen. Um, I'm. It was like I was one oh five for my first two, and then I was ninety seven for my third. Mm-hmm. So, and then I bounced between like one oh five and ninety seven for the most part yeah. up until last year or so. Uh, I've been wanting to like gain weight to move up in weight classes and stuff. It's been a slow and steady process, but we are slowly getting there.
0: I have no issues gaining weight. I can look at a piece of pie and gain ten pounds.
2: Like if you could teach me that superpower, that'd be great. So because... I will trade
0: you that for your hairline. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: Deal.
0: Yeah, I uh, I just last year hit my elite total at two twenty. Um I, I chased that a while. so now I'm now I'm chasing the international elite total. Uh, I think I'm gonna try to keep that around 220 because I don't feel Uber healthy when because like a few months back, I was getting close to 240. I didn't feel very stiff. I didn't feel healthy at all. I don't like carrying around that extra weight. Maybe if it took me longer to get that way, maybe yeah. I'd feel better, but like even now, I'm averaging probably 227 to 230 in the mornings, and I'm st- I still—I still don't feel, I don't know, I feel heavy. I don't feel good. But of course, that's easy for, you know, a 220 weight class. So I can make that weight easy, but I don't ever feel good. So I don't know if I could yep. ever grow into a full 242 guy or mm-hmm. 275. I don't think I could do it. Yeah, I guess
2: that's, that's like one of the biggest things in terms of like why – like i stopped competing at 97 because 97 in like 2018 i think i was like second uh like ranked for the year that year oh goodness uh, i think i'm still like top 11 or something like that for like the weight class overall that's awesome but like for being so small <sighs> to like try to, i mean when i first started cutting down to 97 i was only like 101 pounds or uh-huh. like 100 pounds so yes. it was like you it was eat, very small yeah
0: you missed a couple yeah. meals
2: yeah, <laughs> I was good. But um, as I like continued to train and like put on more muscle mass and everything, mm-hmm. it was getting harder and harder to hit that 97. And it just got to the point where like my, like I had two weeks, I mean, they weren't the worst ever. Like I, I didn't get severely like ill or I wasn't mm-hmm. like, I didn't have a lot of negative repercussions from doing it. But <laughs> once it got to the point where it was so hard to cut that I was like, literally running around severely depleted in a sweatshirt Mm. trying to make like I was like this doesn't feel good you know I don't want more you know so I totally get that the the going into a meet and feeling healthy you know even just not even going into a meet but just like the day-to-day yeah so much better so much better I
0: feel I feel better like I want to wake up and feel good like the, the weight on the scale doesn't mean a whole lot to me as long as I can wake up and feel good. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that makes sense because, like, they're wake up and feel good. Well, I, I just don't want to wake up and feel like a fat slob. I shouldn't feel heavy when I first wake up on an empty stomach. Yeah. And I, 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 I mean, kind of want to feel, you know, energized like I'm in shape. I don't want to walk roll out of the bed like a walrus or something like that. I want to feel healthy, and it's hard to uh, do. The bigger you get. Yeah. So what was sure. the the biggest white cut that you've done?
1: Ooh.
2: Um, that was probably going into the tribute meet, and I believe that was my last, like, 97 meet. So for the tribute, the second year of it, uh, I got the invite and everything. So I was like, okay, cool. This is super exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but I was invited as a 97 lifter. So at the time, I was putting on a fair amount of like muscle mass for my size and stuff, you know, uh, relative to my frame and what have you. Mm-hmm. I think I was sitting around like one Oh eight and cut down to 97. And for being like, like being such a small person and a being a difference.
0: That's a large percentage.
2: Yeah. It is. So only so much to pull from, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I got, I was probably like the worst, the, the biggest cut for me in terms of like overall pounds. Um, and probably like the worst experience cutting uh, where I just was like, I, I just, I can't do this. Anymore. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not, <clears throat> I mean, you
0: need to do it. So. Yeah. I don't, I just, I've always cut weight. Like mm-hmm. I, you always hear people say, well, don't cut weight unless you're going for a world record or something like that. Like, I don't like that because part of the sport is cutting weight for your weight class and yeah. you're going to compete against people. Who are manipulating that. So, why would you take yourself at a disadvantage? You know, it's you're in the sport to try to do the best that you can, and obviously, you want to win. So, don't, there's some people that really, really take it too far on the weight cuts. But, like, Mm -hmm. if you're going to, you know, be in the sport, learn how to properly weight cut. Like, I don't, I don't even like the idea of water loading. Like, I don't. It's not fun. I've done it a couple times, but then this last time, I cut, I was weighing 229, 230 a week out, and I just, you know, I took my 80%, 20% rule on how clean I ate, like 80% clean, 20% whatever I wanted, and I just turned it into 90% for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Wednesday, I ate a whole pizza. (laughs) (laughs) I was... I woke up at 226. It's like, holy cow, that's you know, a little lighter than what I want to be. I and mean, I don't want to be 220 for multiple days. I want to be 220 for 15 minutes and get on the scale and get off. Yeah. So I ate that pizza, woke up at 226 again. I was like, well, I'm good. Um, That was Thursday. And I ate my breakfast, mid-morning snack, ate a only the protein source of my meal at lunch and then sipped on water for the rest of the day. And I did some sweating because I was walking around Dallas in August in Dallas. in the middle of Texas is really hot. You got to sweat some. So, but it didn't feel like I was cutting weight because I was out with friends and family walking around Dallas, shopping and looking at stuff. Yeah. Now, whenever Christian and Julia and everybody were eating barbecue ribs and stuff in front of me, that kind of sucked. <laughs> but I would just snack on a piece of the chicken or something like that. And then that night I weighed like 221 before going to bed. So I ate a cup, which actually weighed 18 ounces of mm-hmm. uh, fruit.
1: So I was yeah, like, okay. I'm good.
0: So if I have yeah. to, I can jump in the, the hot tub and cut a couple pounds right before weigh-ins. In, weigh but I woke up at 219 point something. So I was good to go. I was good to go.
1: Yeah, all set. <laughs> so I was like,
0: so I was just trying to figure out is it like a one time occurrence. So I'm gonna try to do the same thing this time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and see how that goes. Because it's like, if that's the case, why are people making weight cuts so complicated?
2: Yeah, I feel like as long as as long as you have proper guidance and you know what you're doing, it's not so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, my case. I feel like uh, there are multiple issues with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one being as small as I am and trying to cut that much mm-hmm. for my size, I feel like obviously was a factor. But I mean, do you know Alexis Bay?
0: I've heard the name.
2: Okay. I don't know if uh, I
0: follow her or anything like that.
2: Okay. Well, Alexis was uh, who was like coming out to uh, like Texas and everything with me for mm-hmm. like the tribute. The night before, she had a podcast that she was doing, uh, and, like, I went over to – she lives on the other side of the state over here. Mm -hmm. So, like, I drove across the state uh, to get to, like, where she was at. Then we were up the whole day, and we started uh, leaving to drive to Texas, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: which is, like, 18 hours to where we were going. I
0: live two and a half, three hours away from Dallas.
2: Yeah. Uh, 18 hours from where she lives. (laughs) Uh, and I was water loading at the time, like still, uh, like trying to water load because we were going like a, a day or so beforehand, uh, before I needed to be there and everything. But I didn't sleep for like throughout the process of getting to her house, uh, and like us leaving and stuff like that. I was, by the time I like weighed in, I was, I maybe had, I don't know, like five hours of sleep in the last like 72. Oh, uh God. and that was just because I was just so anxious that I couldn't sleep.
1: Mm. You know,
2: like she was driving, I didn't have to do anything. I could have slept, but I just like for the life of me just couldn't yeah. relax. Uh I ended up getting sick from the water loading, uh and ended up vomiting, so I depleted myself even more, mm. you know. Uh and then when I was doing like a hot bath, I like would go to get up and like, it was a good thing that Alexis is a nurse. So it's a good thing that she was with me during all of this yeah. because when I was up out of the hot bath, I like would almost pass out. And oh gosh. Stuff. So there was a lot of things that just made it a, not the best experience, mm-hmm. you know, but I feel like if you know what you're doing, it's not so bad. You know, it's not yeah. as bad uh, as people portray it to be. I don't find it to be necessary. Like, I guess as necessary for like first time lifters. Like, no, yeah, definitely. Just, just like go in, have fun. Yeah.
0: You know? I, I cut you, my first,
1: first <laughs> week though. <ago. laughs> I did.
2: <It's> okay. <laughs> I did it for my first or second, but I did for my third, but I had absolutely no guidance in terms of like what mm-hmm. to do. Uh, and like pretty much almost passed out, Wayne, just getting into it. Uh, but that was more so because like, the person that was semi giving me guidance also didn't know what to do. So I hate that. It was,
0: I hate when like, people don't know what they're talking about, but still try to give it off as information. Like they know what they're talking about. That's yes, so aggravating.
2: Super bad experiences. So, uh, yeah, like after the tribute, I like just barely made weight. Like I was literally like 97 on the dot, which is the cutoff. Uh, so they don't give like you a
0: buffer, was, like 0. 0.4 or nothing like that. No,
2: it's literally like just at 97. Holy and I just, cow barely like made it on on the dot so i was just like all right well (laughs) let's get through this
1: meet
2: well you know this is it for me but as i move up in weight like if i sit a couple pounds over like i'm not opposed to like dropping a little bit you know you know poor comp and And, stuff but i
0: bet with you getting heavier you know cutting two or three pounds is not going to be as hard at 114 as it is when you're 100 pounds
2: Oh, my God, no. Yeah. Uh, definitely have a lot more that I'm carrying around where, like, the ability to drop is easier mm-hmm. versus being so small and then not having so much, like, extra in terms of, like, body fat. Because, be, like, I was bit, I was fairly lean for being so small. So, it's like, we're water cutting, but where are what, we pulling where, from? Where are we losing
0: it? Yeah. So, did you yeah. use an IV to rehydrate or anything?
2: I did. Uh, I did, that was the, the actual, like the first meat that I've ever used in IV, mm-hmm. uh, and everything. And I felt okay, uh, after, afterward and everything. I didn't really have like the best meat of my life, but I also didn't have a bad meat. I don't know necessarily that it was contributing factor in terms of the cutting, because I've cut before and had really good meat. Like yeah. one of my best meats, uh, that I've had, I, I cut for and everything. I think it was largely to do with like just external stress in, uh, like the lack of sleep because uh, yeah. I got so like delusional a little bit. Oh, goodness. <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah. So, so I've only used uh rehydrated Ivy one time, and that was for my last meet. And I, you know, arguably, I can't even say the word. We probably didn't need it, but I had it in my mind that I was going to do it. So I'm going to do that, which is cool now is because my, this meet here, I've already talked to the gym owner, and he's—I've already got a IV scheduled at the gym. So as soon as I get through weighing in, the people are going to be set yeah. up. So it's going to be pretty cool. <laughs>
2: Plug you right in. And yeah, let's
0: go. let's go. Let's get three pounds heavier right now.
1: Yep.
0: I'm 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 excited for it. Like um, July 24th is my meet. Like,
1: <sighs> Ooh, okay.
0: Leading into this meet, I didn't have a lot of expectations. Um, mm-hmm. as you know, life gets crazy. Um, family and things like that take priority. And, you know, we had some unforeseen things come up and that took priority for a while. And I didn't train for oh, a month, almost two months. And I just oh, wow. stopped. And I, cause I didn't have the time. I, I was not in the mental space to do anything outside of taking care of my family and dealing with all that. So when I got back to her life was semi- normal, whatever that means anymore. Yeah. (laughs) I I was talking to my coach and I was like, I really would like to do a meet because I just coming in the gym and not having a goal. Like what what was, it was a bad spot for me because the meet before I just reached a goal that I had set out for, for four years. I hit that goal. um, And then I was kind of in this limbo phase like I didn't have another goal like I I know I wanted to get an international elite total but I didn't see that happening my very next meet I'm not one of the people that I don't try to press really hard for extremely fast progression I I just I'm not one of those people I would like to but I've just never done it because I know it's not going to be smart and it's an easy way to get yourself hurt to try to press for progression too fast so I've tried to been very smart with that um fast forward a few months, I get into prep two, three weeks ago on a light squat day, um, first day in wraps, getting ready for this meet, I decide to hit the hole and then decide to go a little lower for whatever reason, and my left hip, hip flexor area, just popped. Like, popped. And got crazy loose. And, like, just felt super weird. Super weird. I was able to... St- you know, finish the lift and everything with no problem. Rack the weight. I could still move and stuff, but I could just tell something was off. So I called the workout. The next morning, I couldn't pick my leg up at all. Oh, nice. <laughs> so right God. now, if like, I don't know if you've seen the last two squat days I've had. It's like I'm pausing everything in the hole because like I, I'm going really slow. And then I stop and then I hit, I break parallel. And then I come up. Cause it's my hip is so tight and I think it's just inflammation. Like I, yeah. you know how you've got that ligament that runs over your knuckle and you can kind of pop it over. Yeah. That's what it felt like, but it did it really hard in a really loud pop. Cause the guy operating the monolith w- heard the pop. He's like, what was that? I was like, that was my hip. <laughs> it just felt so weird. So now like I really don't have crazy expectations for this meat. Um, if I can, at least match a 622 squat, I'd be happy. I'd be happy with that. I would finally like to hit over 400 pounds benching or hit 400 pounds benching in a mate. I would love to do that. And I'm, I really want to deadlift over 700 pounds. Seven Oh one. I'd be happy like 700.6. I'd be happy. (laughs) Whatever kilos. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the kilo. Let me, I just, I don't know. That last, my last time, my last meet I pulled 683 and if my thumb wasn't jacked up as bad as it was, like it was bad. Like I had meat hanging off my finger. It was bad. Oh. And you know how it is when if you hook grip.
1: Oh yeah.
2: I hook grip every really day. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you know how it goes. Um, mm-hmm. y- your thumbs get brutalized sometimes and oh, yeah. I just knew that. I couldn't really send it and my coach also knew that. But he took a chance and he amped me up. And I, you know, I beat my best pull in a meet by forty-three pounds. So I was very happy with that. And I surpassed an elite total then. <clears throat> so now I'm just I wanna beat that last pull. I wanna get close to a four hundred pound, if not hit a four hundred pound bench. And I'll be happy if I can match my last squat. That, that'll that make me happy because with my hip and all that, I just, I don't think there's enough time because I'm right at seven weeks out. I don't okay. believe I have enough time for it to heal and still, you know, push it. There's just not enough time to build anything there. Yeah. Because we're getting close to peak and my hip's still not 100%. So it's like, yeah, you can't really peak if you're not 100% on that. But everything else is moving yeah. well.
2: Yeah, it's almost like a pick and choose your battles kind of thing, you know. Yeah. It's like it to to push for the the bench and dead and everything, and then just kind of like at least get yourself to where you're at a pretty decent mark with yeah. the, the almost squat, coast you know?
0: just coast that in there.
2: <laughs> Considering everything, yeah, stay sure,
0: injury free yeah. as much as as you can. And what was bad <laughs> is I've been I kick myself, but. You know, it's time to pay the debtor. Um, I've been talking the last couple weeks, well, before I got injured, in the last few podcasts, like, about the longevity of it and how I've trained and how I've been able to avoid injury. (laughs) And then, like, a couple weeks later, here I am. But it could have been worse. It really could. But I I knew it was going to happen, and this is the first prep that I've had to train while injured, get injured in the prep and continue on so yeah
2: it's it's definitely not a fun feeling so it's in yourself and then like be leading like going into a meet and having to deal with uh i guess the expectations of what you have from that point on from uh versus like where you were at prior to that happening you know
0: and i kind of and it's an outside stressor that i probably put onto myself it's kind of like like if you if you just hit your international total And then you decide to take a break for a year. And you want to go back to the exact same meet because you enjoyed that meet. Like, that's what I'm doing. I'm going back to the exact same gym, the exact same meet. Um, It was fantastic. I enjoyed it the way they ran it. The atmosphere is fantastic. So it's like, I'm going to go back and do it again. But now I've got this, you know, added pressure. And I don't know if you face this whenever you hit your first, you know, really big total where you go like, I've got to match that if not beat it. So now I've got this expectation I've put on myself of matching my last performance. And it's like, ah, I don't want to do less than what I did before. That, yeah. would, that no. I, I just don't want to do
1: that.
2: Yeah, no, I get that completely. I've definitely, like, run into uh, issues within myself and, like, just putting on so much pressure on myself to, like, match or beat my performance from like a previous point in time uh that's actually why i'm taking some time off my most recent meet uh was a good meet like i still beat my total so in a sense like i still did well in that regard but uh the strength that i had built leading into the meet i should have surpassed it by like so much more you know but i just put on like i put so much pressure on myself uh That I ended up just messing myself up when it came time to actually perform. Supposed Uh, to be the fun time. Yeah, you know, and it's crazy because like the meet that I, the most recent one I did was hybrid, Mm -hmm. and the year before, so much fun. It was like one of my best. Like I've never gone nine for nine, (laughs) but it was the first one that I went eight for nine. So I was like, well, that's a pretty good day, and I PR pretty much like I think every list uh, and everything. So it was like it was a great experience for me, and then. Uh, leading into this last hybrid meet, there was just I I don't know so much pressure that I put on myself uh, and my expectations for myself that I ended up causing more harm than good. Yeah, you know I just overthought and uh, just got overwhelmed, and I, it was like all self-inflicted, you know, mm-hmm. just from like the amount of pressure that I guess I was applying to myself at the time. So now I'm kind of like taking some time off to. I guess revisit why I enjoy competing so much, you yeah. know, and and like the fun uh, parts of it and what I enjoy and love about it and everything. Um, but it's definitely it, it's it's really hard to just with like coming uh, like from an injury and trying to not have those expectations yeah. for yourself, you know. Especially if you're someone that like, so I, I just in general have really high standards for myself.
1: I'm the same regardless
2: powerlifting just in life I expect a lot of myself and sometimes I don't meet those expectations and I'm the type of person where like I will beat myself up so much for it you know i the same way uh,
0: I'm extremely hard yeah. on myself
2: and it's like if I would not do that as much I probably would that much better you know because like I think it's definitely good to be hard on yourself but within reason um there's certain times where like Something will happen uh whether it's with training or life or what have you uh where i will get so hard on myself and i will just like eat myself over the head with it for like a week you know like
1: mm-hmm. weeks.
2: it just gets to the point where it becomes like a toxic thing
0: yeah you dwell on it so much that it becomes unhealthy
2: yes. yeah uh and that's like it's, now i'm starting to find uh like i'm moving away from that and finding more balance i guess it's like my thought process and stuff, but the the pressure that sometimes uh, we have put on ourselves, it's, it's good to have pressure, but it's also good to know like why you have that pressure mm-hmm. put on yourself, you know, and it's not for the sake of just your own, uh, I guess like thoughts of like what you should do and what you should hit and you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, I try to remind myself that at the end of the day. We're lifting weights and it's just powerlifting. That's and to us, like the 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 blog article thing I wrote that uh Subject Zero just put up, like mm-hmm. the selfish powerlifter. like I was, you know, it was written from a a personal standpoint of at times even I've forgotten to thank the people around me and realize that this is just powerlifting. And Sometimes I get butt hurt, you know, we all kind of get in our feelings a little bit because, you know, it's, you know, even being a woman lifting weights, I mean, that's, you know, that's still today, not as understood, you know, like, so now you take, you know, a woman in a strength sport and, and then a, a strength sport that no one really understands, like to the greater public, no one understands what powerlifting is. Everybody think it's the Olympic lifting. <laughs> yeah. No, this is not what that is. <laughs> And <laughs> so it's like, if we can, it's helped me a lot to realize that power lifting is important to me and then it can be serious to me, but also realize most of the people around you are not going to know what that is and put that in perspective of what life is like in the grand scheme of life, how much, you know, does your life evolve around powerlifting? Well, if it's a hundred percent or you're involving yourself in a sport, what's 100% of your life Well, where, where 90 to 99% of the people in your life don't understand you. So that in itself is putting you in a toxic and depressing state. You're kind of in a bad environment there. So I've, I've, I've learned like with the expectations I have on myself, like my parents, like my dad is uber, uber competitive. Like I never won a game of horse or one-on-one basketball until I was like 17 years old. Like (laughs) competitive, like I don't care. You got to beat me to beat me and phenomenal baseball athlete. Phenomenal. And he had that kind of drive that I have for powerlifting but even him himself, even though he was driven probably even more so in his sport than I am in my sport, he still doesn't even understand why I'm so, like, eat up with it. Eat, eating up with it is his term he uses. You just eat, eat up with it. I'm like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> so I think like what you were talking about of finding out why you enjoy competing Why are you lifting? Why are we doing this? I think it becomes unhealthy when we obsess over our imperfections. When if we can spend more time focusing on either the achievements and the things that we do right. Like for every 10 things we get right, we might do one thing wrong. But what do we focus on?
2: The one thing. Wrong. The one thing. I was
0: when I was working on the post for this here. I'm going to let you know I, I had to creep your Instagram page to find a picture. <laughs> <laughs> and there was this picture of you sitting on the floor in the middle of the squat rack. Yeah.
1: And you had this
0: massive grin on your face. Like you look yeah. so happy and I'm like, she's having a good time and this is what the sport is. And yeah. if we can remember Like, for instance, like you, like, I don't have a picture like that of me. Like, I wish I did. I really do. Because if we can spin, if we could use something like that, like it's a physical object, like a picture, to remind us, hey, that's why I do it. Because you're going to always remember the conversation, the joke, or whatever the reason why you were smiling so big in that picture. So, in the times that we're, you know, we get depressed, we have you know, our downfalls when it comes to those kind of things. And we're getting down on ourselves. If you can look at that and go, that's why. I think that helps.
2: Oh, absolutely. I could not agree more. It's remembering why you love what you're doing. Remembering why you love what you say that you love. Yeah. Is super important. You know, uh, I was a athlete once upon a time. Uh, you play soccer, and- didn't you? Uh, I did play soccer, but not for a very long time. I got kicked out. (laughs) Oh, man.
0: I just knew it. For some reason, I just knew you played soccer.
2: (laughs) I am kind of aggressive. So I, like, went to go fly to get a ball and ended up breaking this girl's shin. That's awesome,
1: though. (laughs) Be aggressive.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It made for a great story. But, yeah, at that point, like, I got uh, red carded. (laughs) And... (laughs) we're just like maybe this is not the one
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so i mean competitively i played uh basketball up until like i realized like i was not gonna grow any taller um <laughs> soccer and uh softball um i played a lot of other things like non-competitively like i've played golf i played golf, <laughs> I played golf. Uh, and like yeah and uh i played football non-competitively just because like i don't know i was just always playing sports growing up yeah you so, have to like, sports yeah, so, yeah, clearly. So from the time the sun came up to the time the sun came down, uh, that's basically what I was doing. Anything I just, you know, anyone that was doing anything, you know, sport-related, I was off work. So, um, but that competitive, like, nature has always been in me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so that's when, like, powerlifting, when I first got involved with it and everything, I was like, okay, cool. This gives me an opportunity to be competitive. Yeah. uh being an ex-athlete <laughs> yeah. you know because like i'm not still playing soccer or softball or anything so i was like okay cool so i can still be a so i can still be an athlete to some degree you know
0: that's kind of uh, i have the same thing i played multiple yeah. sports in high school and mm-hmm. uh even so to where they got this thing called men's softball league and yeah. it'd be amazing how massive that is here it's unreal
2: yeah, they have like co ed like adult softball leagues down yes. here and it's, it, massive. it's a massive <laughs> I originally thought it was. Yeah,
0: and then what's crazy is a lot of people don't understand how competitive it is. Like it's not just I, getting up there and getting a ball lobbed to you and you can just hit it anywhere you want. Like these people really know how to play. Yeah. That's so I got into it yeah. and fitting the stereotype to a T is I'm a hot headed guy. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't do well with the trash talk. I didn't do well with all the mouthing and things like that. Um, I don't know if you understand know this, but you know the term shaved bats? Mm-hmm. No. What, what they do is the, the new bats now for like softball and stuff are like car- mm-hmm. carbon fiber and stuff. Yeah. Well, they pull the cap out and they stick the bat on a lathe and they okay. shave the insides of the walls of the bat to make them thinner which makes the bat hotter. That's what it's called. The ball flies off the bat way faster. Okay. That's extremely illegal. Well, yeah. I hate I hate talking. I was really good at hitting. Like, I was a really good ball player. And I could hit the ball really hard, really far. And my wife can contest to this. Everybody that's ever played with me can contest to this. Nine out of ten times I hit the ball, it was going out of the, out of the park. Every single time. It's just I was a strong guy. I could hit the ball hard, and that's where I wanted to take it because I yeah. didn't like running. I didn't want to run and just hit it over the fence.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So I was accused of swinging a shave bat all the time, even what? so bad that I started using a 1977 wooden bat. My dad said, so "We'll swing this. They won't say. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is this thing? <laughs> It was old white, had some uh, red lettering on it. Can't hardly see what it says anymore. He said, This is what softball bats used to be. I took it to the ump one day and I said, Is this legal? He goes, Yeah, I think my dad played with that. <laughs> so I started swinging it and then just the mouthing started even more. So it's like, <sighs> So eventually, like around here, it's, I don't know how it is in Florida, but around here, people live by it. You know, they make it their identity and they just, mm-hmm do a lot of trash talking and I don't do very well with it. Um, I don't know. Legally, I can say what I would typically say back to him online. I would say some things that would be considered threats, but I was not threatening at all. <laughs> I was a hundred percent serious. I'd say some pretty violent things. I, I, I'd get very angry to the point to where my wife and I had to sit down and talk like, is this even worth it? Because just about every time I went out there, I'd be accused of cheating. I'm like, why am I getting accused of cheating all the time? Yeah. But I stepped away from that, got into golf. I did, I played golf very heavily, very, very heavily. Um, okay. I get obsessive as we all typically do as athletes, <laughs> competitive. I've got obsessive with it. Um, as we was talking before we started recording, um, I worked at a job that allowed me to have four days off in a row. So I would spend 48 hours at work every week, and then I would spend 30 to 40 hours on the golf course. And I would practice, and I would play, and I would do that. And we made a lot of money. We'd go play tournaments, and we'd go do this, we'd go do that. It was fun. But I just, I got into powerlifting, and I learned about my, almost my second year into powerlifting, that I cannot be competitive in powerlifting and golf at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm. No way. <laughs> One, one's going to end up giving, you know? Yeah.
0: Like, right now, I can't swing a golf club. I just can't do it. <laughs> I'm scared I'm going to rip something. <laughs> like, I'm not I that prob- big. God, I can't swim. <laughs> uh, my problem
2: with golf is I like driving, and that's, like, the, <laughs> the only part that I, like, really enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: I love driving. I was, that's na- natural with, um mm-hmm. like, ball, baseball and softball. Like, I could hit the ball far. So, driving, yeah. I could smash the crap out of it. Yeah. And... My iron and wedge game was okay. My putting wasn't okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I'm i seriously the guy that could – a 350-yard par four, I could very, very well likely drive the green and still make a par. Instead of a birdie or an eagle. That's still par. Yeah. <laughs> that would be me. Yeah, not me. I just <laughs> I
2: drive and then I'm like, oh, okay, the excitement for me is
1: gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I loved it. But uh, <laughs> The
2: the competitiveness from being like a prior athlete and everything is like, once I started powerlifting and I kind of found that I could have something where I was competitive again, mm-hmm. uh, when I first started, I fell in love with it. I did geez, I did three meets my first year, you know, oh, first shit. eight months, you know, uh, and everything. So it's like, I was like, but the crazy thing is like the better I got, like, the stronger I got, the better I ranked, uh, mm-hmm. the more records I hit. Like, those types of things, like, it almost took the, the fun away because of, like, how much pressure I was putting on myself constantly to yeah. try to, you know, keep that going. It's as like you as immediately
0: I started in the heat of the mix.
2: Yes. Uh, and it's, like, the, the stronger I got, the stronger I felt like I needed to be. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, constantly chasing, like, strength that I wasn't ready for yet you know and just the amount of pressure and everything so like that picture that you're mentioning where I'm like sitting on the floor that was like I don't know a couple a couple weeks after this last hybrid meet and it was like the it was a really good training day like Mm -hmm. everyone that is that I normally train with we were all training together we were all like cracking jokes like uh they're a bunch of idiots but like I love them to death you know gym family (laughs) yeah so we just had like a good old time and I just remember, I think I had, like, I don't know. I set it, like, 15 or 20 or something like Ooh. that. On like like...
0: Uh, it had a of squat Hatfield. bar in there, I think, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I think it was Hatfield. Yeah. Oh, oh no, wait. No, yeah, it was Hatfield. Um, and I just remember, like, getting done with the set, and, like, I forget what happened, but someone said something, and I said something slick, and then we all just started laughing, and I just, like, fell to the floor, like, out of breath. And yeah. I was just, like... This is why, you mm-hmm. know, this is why, this moment, like, all of this. This is what I loved about it, and this is what I forgot about, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: You lose sight of it. I, I tend to do that sometimes. Of course, I don't have the gym atmosphere as much as, you know, like you have, or even there's a gym here, I don't know if you've heard about it, called Arkansas Muscle. Um, have you heard mm-hmm. of a guy named Logan Chapman?
2: Uh, the name sounds very familiar, but I'm also, like, really bad with, like, anyone that's, like, Popular on the yeah. internet. <laughs> he's
0: not, he's not uber popular. He's mostly known. Okay. Um, he's like 23, 24 squatted a thousand pounds raw. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's a big boy. He's <laughs> super, super strong class act. And I've known him for a long time. Um, I'll do anything for him. Great guy, but he's trained at a gym called Arkansas muscle in Jonesboro, Arkansas. That atmosphere is amazing. Like they have a dozen guys there at all times. Who put in holler, and they're there for each other. They're training and all that kind of stuff. It's like, man, if I could have that environment, like we got a decent environment, but I'm the only. Now we have two people. It's me and one other woman, who are active powerlifters in the gym, and the rest okay. of them just just train. And we got like ten, around fifteen ish members. It's a very very small gym. It's on my land. I built a gym because I didn't want to deal with town politics. Like you know what, I'm just going to build a 1,500 square foot building, put it on my land, and that's where it's going to be. Yeah. So I don't have to deal with mandates. I don't have to deal with none of the laws, any of that junk.
1: Yeah. It's my private go. property. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the way I do
0: it. Um, <laughs> but in course, the downfall of that is the it being so secluded hurts your demographic that you can reach. You're not going to have as much of an outreach. Heck and hope you're not gonna have no power lifters. Like my town. Oh shoot. We might have fifteen thousand people here. Maybe. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a small town. My graduating class was like twenty two people. <laughs> oh yeah. And we graduated in alphabetical order, not GPA.
2: Oh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. My
1: graduating class was like five hundred or
0: something. Who? Couldn't do it. It's,
1: yeah. It's I wouldn't want to
0: do my own graduation. Like, I'm out. Just mail it to me. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: wow. I couldn't, I don't know, like, we're a very small town. Um, and especially, like, with anything, with small towns, like, you got small town politics, and it's, it, we're, I want to say Hope is a, a more conservative state, uh, I mean, city, but it's starting to look like it's not, Um, mm-hmm. which is, Good and bad. They're All all political things can be good and bad. Politic, uh, yeah. Politics in general to me has become such a toxic thing. It's so sad. Like just to listen to people rip and rave on each other about it. And that seems what yeah. hope is. It's very political, very
1: my Back way. That.
0: Yeah, it's very Back. old school, which I like a lot of old school ways because that's kind of the way I was raised. Um, cause that's mm-hmm. familiar, familiar with me, mm-hmm. but I'm not naive enough to, un, to say that a different ways wrong. i uh, yeah. I've grown up enough and learned enough about different cultures, different worlds. Um, and to be honest, thankful to the sport of powerlifting, to be honest, and then opening the gym and it, this, it's this is going to most- have a, this is going to have a roundabout end what comes to the gym with some other gym partners. But in this town, for so long, there was nobody had any other thoughts, no other political differences. It was all one way, one way of thinking, and almost like a tunnel vision, which is so toxic and so such a bad thing to be t- have tunnel vision, and you have your own echo chamber of like minds. Like you need difference of opinions, you need different walks of life, and this town is for a long time didn't really have that, and now it's starting to get that, and you can see that it's whatever you want to call it, it's, it's not taking the change. Well, Which (laughs) there's good and bad on all sides, but as, as we get closer to more related topic, what I have found and that I love so much, even with the sport, like your gym family, I bet you, if you listed every one of them, they all come from different walks of life, have different political religion view, religious views and everything. But when y'all walk in that gym, or when y'all see each other, it's like family.
2: Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Because, like, <laughs> I mean, just like a good example of that. Um, one of the kids that I I've known him for the past like three years. We've been at different gyms together and everything. Couldn't be more uh, unlike. Uh, mm-hmm. As you imagine, you know, like uh, I don't know. I don't really get much into like politics and stuff but like he has certain views i have opposing views you know yeah. uh, and like even with just other things different situations like he might handle something one way and i would handle it a completely different way uh even with like he's a powerlifting coach too so like the way he programs versus like the way i would program, like there's so many things about us that make us so entirely different but we've trained together for so long now that like if i need absolutely anything like he's there, even mm-hmm. if not, not even in the gym. Like, my car broke down and I needed to call someone, I could call him and like he'd show up and help me out, you know. And that's uh,
0: fantastic, and that's how it should be,
2: yeah. You know, it's uh, I, don't know, I feel like differences make us better, like as a whole, you know. I agree. I think
0: uh, it just it having differences in people who differ from the way you believe, the way you see things. I think not only makes us better, but makes life healthier. Like, yeah. Where's the growth with like mind thinking constantly?
1: Yeah. The,
2: the, the term that you said earlier that I really like is echo chamber.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Cause I, I'm in a couple of different group chats and there's one in particular that a lot of the discussion within that group chat is, a, is basically an echo chamber. Like everything yeah. is like one set of thinking, you know, and it's uh, not even just with like, like outside stuff, but like even within powerlifting, they all think the same way. They all no feel counter the same way. views. No, and it's just like, have you ever grown? You know, you, you, like you, as you as can't if, if
0: there's no friction, which is a know? counter view or a different opinion. If there's no friction, there is no growth.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it's like, if even with training, like if we all just followed one set of like one methodology, mm-hmm. for example, you know, like how would we ever know that like a different methodology might be better suited for a different like type of athlete? Oh, you, you, know? you want to think about just,
0: it, the echo chamber of Westside Barbell.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is a pretty good example, yeah. yeah.
0: like They think that is the only way to train. Well, sorry, no, it's not. There's a thousand different ways to train. I mean.
2: Yeah. And it's it's so crazy. I guess like people that are so – I guess I'd have that thought process where like my way, like I definitely don't really like like just strictly this or that black and white, like it's gotta be this way or like it's wrong kind of things. Cause I feel like, I don't know, you can take a lot of different things from different types of people, even if you don't necessarily agree with them. Like I like people that have my viewpoints, you know, mm-hmm. on a lot of different things. And even if at the end of the day, I don't like agree with them on whatever it is, like, I still have, I've probably still taken something positive yes. from that conversation for having that conversation, versus like if we never had
1: it at all,
0: or if anything, yeah. gain understanding on why that person thinks and believes that way. Yeah, I think yeah. as humans, like as humans, that's what we lack the most is the understanding of someone else's opinions, wants, thoughts. Like yeah. We're not all the same. We shouldn't all be the same. Granted, we all want people to do well. Well, you should want people to do well. We want people to be healthy. Those are the things we all should agree on. We should want the best for everybody. Those are things that, to me, that are non-negotiable. Everybody should agree on that. If you wish ill on anybody, I could screw you. I don't care anything about you. If you wish ill on other people that don't deserve it, I have no respect for you. That's just the way I am. Um, You said a while ago, you're not a black and white person where it's this way or this, this way is right. This way is wrong. For a long time. I was that way. Um, I'm very anal about certain things. Um, I am very big on truths, truths and lies. If it's not hundred percent truth, it's a hundred percent lie. And in some ways, that's an extreme view because there mm-hmm. are scenarios where the complete truth is almost impossible to say or express and I've having to take the foot out of my own mouth on some things because a closed mouth gathers no foot. (laughs) I've lived life very much in a black and white world Mm -hmm. to where there's wrong and right, no matter what. And the older I get, unfortunately I will turn 30 this year. (laughs) I don't like to admit that Uh, maybe I'm still somewhat baby faced, but
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> that. I've, been, I've been
0: chilling in the 30s. I don't look it, but... You're you're I, in
2: your 30s? Yeah. What?
0: 31. 31?
2: Yeah. I was yeah, I thinking to myself
0: like, earlier, like, she's probably like 23,
1: 25. No, I wish. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you're probably a lot more wiser now than you were then.
1: Oh, oh my
2: goodness. A hundred percent. Those yeah. are... Close. <laughs> yeah,
1: but, but as I've...
0: I would say the last two... Three years of my life, and especially this last two years, I've grown a lot. Some by forcing some things. Um, we lost a son. My biological parents, both of them, passed away, all in the same year. Our son passed away, my mother passed away, and my father passed away all in the same year. So I had a lot of contemplating, and I had to learn how to deal with hatred that I didn't know was there, if that makes any sense. Like I had a lot of resentment yeah. towards my biological parents for uber justified reasons. But as mm-hmm. anything, if anybody can learn anything from Christianity, I don't know how you feel about it, but I am a Christian. I have a very strong faith. But if there's anything that it's taught that everybody, in my opinion, seems to misunderstand is forgiveness and loving mm-hmm. and caring Um, And as men, especially in southern states, more so than northern states, we're pressured and raised and molded to be hard, no emotion and things like that. And it's, you know, eye for an eye, this for that. And the more I grow, the more I learn that is a very flawed way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Because... I didn't realize it <clears throat> until literally it was too late that my resentment for two human beings led me to now a life that I will never be able to say I forgave you to get that, yeah. like set that record straight. So it's yeah. like, learn from it, grow from it, be a better person. Now it, it's not easy. I'm still a hard-headed guy, you know, like, you know, I was 27, 26 years old when I'm learning all this. It's like, Oh yeah. Zach, you're, an, you know, like I have a hard time with things not being a hundred percent honest or straightforward or this or that and having to accept not everything can be that way. is hard for me.
1: Yeah.
2: I can <clears throat> imagine with a, uh, like it, you know, like, even opening yourself up to, uh, like, learning that there's more than just a this or that, when you spent so much of your life thinking a certain way, you know, it's not something that's going to be, you know, that you can just re- rethink, and, you know, relearn those, like, yeah. thinking patterns. You know, it's, it's a constant process. I think we're all just constantly, it's even despite, like as old as I am. No, you're still
0: young. <laughs> you're still very young. We're babies.
2: Still Uh, you know, there's, there's still things that like, I'm constantly, like I literally am constantly learning about and challenging myself with like every day, you know? And I don't think that's, uh, that's ever something that stops necessarily. Like, I think that's kind of like the beauty of life, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, we're constantly like growing, uh, in different ways. Some, you know more in certain seasons than others and stuff but you know i i don't think it's uh it's something that can come so easily so fast you know like mm-hmm. those types of things it's something that you have to constantly i guess you know work on and yeah. stuff so.
0: constant self improvement is one of the <laughs> hardest things i've ever experienced like literally like every day we experience it it's yeah, it's, it's never uh, ending
2: <laughs> no, it isn't. Uh, I am a, I would, I would like to think that I'm an incredibly like self-aware person. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I will, will say anyone that says like high things about me, I will point out a lot of the things, like ways that like I'm flawed. I'm a very flawed person. I know. Yeah. I will acknowledge my flaws and I will put them on a silver platter deal. I'm the same uh, but it's, it's, knowing as flawed as I am in the constant work to not be as flawed. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, you know, as a human being, the air is human. So I'm always going to be flawed to mm-hmm. some degree, you know, but it's a, uh, it's a constant work in progress. It's never ending. Cause uh, there's, there's moments where I feel like I've taken 10 steps forward, mm-hmm. you know, and then something will happen. And then I feel like I didn't, I didn't get to the point that I thought I was going to get to, you yeah. know, I didn't get to the, point that, like, I felt like I've grown, you know, but then when I look at certain things and I look, you know, maybe back two years from like where I am now, then I can say, well, I have grown, you know, I might not have grown to the point where I'm content with where yeah. I'm at with it, but I've grown from where I was two years ago. Yeah. And then where I was five years that's ago. that's progress. Um, yeah, exactly. So it's sometimes it's like changing the perception of how you're looking at it and everything to appreciate kind of like how far you've gotten versus like where you're at or how far you have left to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably like my biggest issues. Uh, one of the things that I struggle with the most is like as much as I will acknowledge how far I've come, I always like will focus on how far I have left to go. And I
1: will get very impatient with myself because
2: I'm not there yet. You know? That can like... get unhealthy. <laughs> it can't. I get that I'm from getting...
0: experience because I'm the same way. I get so focused on where I think that I should be by now and where I want to be. I don't spend the yeah. time to turn around and look at the miles of improvements that I've made. Or yeah. we spend so much more time acknowledging our flaws and where we haven't been than what we do when we of looking back on what we have done. Yeah. And Christian, Tony and Trevor to, and Julia told me when I hit my elite total, they said, enjoy it. Take some time, acknowledge it, enjoy it. Soak it up. You did something great. Great. You you know, as crazy as it sounds is it puts you in a, a whole lot smaller percentage than the rest of powerlifters. You know, the elite, the international elite level lifters, as many as there are, but it's such still such a small percentage. of yeah. If you look at the numbers, like it's insane. I never really just looked at the numbers. And you do the percentile, and it's like the top 5, 10%. And it's like, wow, just to, to consider like this achievement, like, and I didn't listen very well. I, I, like, <laughs> it's an elite total. Okay. I can do better. And it's like, yeah, nah. but you know, I looked at it and I was like, you know what? I, I'd never really sat down and acknowledged that in all the power lifters in the world, I am now within this percentage of the lifters. And yeah. that's a great accomplishment, but I didn't spend a healthy amount of time or even the necessary amount of time acknowledging that for my own, even for my own mental health. Like it's like, oh, back to work here, i go. Like yeah. I didn't, and I think that, and I'm sure based off of, you know, the stories that you are telling me, you kind of did that a little bit with every one of your meets. Like I'm here, I'm there, I got these records to beat. I've got, I'm this close, I'm that close. I'm ranked here, I could be ranked there.
2: I'm very much a person that's, like, very goal-oriented, you know, uh, goal-driven, I guess would be the better term. But, um, so, like, when I first started, it was just about, like, I, like, I focused so much on records. It was like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, there's, I know I can beat this state record, this national record, this, that, and the other. So, like, I would focus on those things, and that that would be the thing that i Mm chase. And then I'd get to that point, I'd hit them. And then I never took the time just to appreciate where I was at while I was there, you know? I get that. So, I never enjoyed it. Uh, or took the time to enjoy it uh you know it was just like once I got done with that I was like okay well in this weight class i want to be ranked this overall you know and it was just I would fixate on these like different competitive aspects of it and I would just like always be chasing something Mm -hmm. or I wanted to have uh I ended up breaking like an international elite total in like three different weight classes within like six or eight months or so. And like that was like probably my most exciting kind of achievement, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and stuff. So like I would constantly, there was always something, there was always something I like, was chasing, like uh that I wanted to hit, you know, like I, I would hit a total and it would be great and everything. And then it's like, all right, well, the next one, you know, this is what we're going to do for this one, you know. And it was so, I never took the time to just like sit and enjoy. Like I said, like, where I was at while I was there. Mm-hmm. Like, I competed at the Open uh, in 2018. It was, like, my fourth meet or whatever. It's Golly. such a huge meet. Yeah. So, it's like, I didn't take the time while I was there to, like, enjoy the full experience yeah. of, like, being there, having, like, earned the place of being there. You know, it was just, like, okay, well, I'm going to do this, this, and this. You know, and then like that was done and it was like, Okay, well I wanna do this at this meeting now. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it didn't really just take the time just to like appreciate like where I was.
0: I can see that. You know? Um, speaking about the big meets and everything like that and kind of switch gears a little bit, still powerlifting related. Um mm-hmm. you talking about the big meets and things like that and you went to the US Open. Is that right? The yeah. open? Um mm-hmm. Do you have plans on going to the Kern? And with that question, I also want to ask, since the Kern women, I believe, stole the show because their feeder strengths are amazing. So what are your thoughts on how women seem to be taking over a sport that for so long has been dominated by males? Uh, I really enjoy it
2: personally. (laughs) Uh, It's like awesome to see, you know, because like, I mean, I haven't been in the sport that long. Uh, in the grand scheme of things when I talk to other people that are, you know, I I guess within, like, my powerlifting circle outside of my gym and stuff. Like, a lot of them, like, have been doing it for 10 years, you know, uh, even longer than that. So, like, I haven't really been in the sport that long. But, I mean, five years ago, someone squatting 650 in wraps as a woman was, like, unheard unheard, of, you know?
0: Very unheard of. And then uh, Heather just smokes it.
2: Yeah, and like you just you wouldn't think that like the weights that a lot of these women are touching would even been possible back then you know so it's so crazy to see and I think it only makes it more exciting and uh, you know I think for like the guys because like at the big meets that I've been to even like the smaller meets like everyone is so supportive of each other for the most part I mean you're I always going to have
1: whatever. some douche bag but <laughs>
2: But for the most part, a lot of people are, like, really supportive of each other. Nobody really wants anyone to get, you know, hurt or miss a lift or anything like that. And, like, I feel like things are kind of changing to some degree in the sport in terms of, like, people being competitive with each other, but also being very supportive of their competitors. Yeah. You know?
0: I agree
1: with that.
2: So, I feel like the women hitting some of the weights that they are and just, like, making huge strides in the sport Mm -hmm. is only making things more exciting for... Uh, not only the women, but I feel like even like the men, you know, cause it's, it's still like something that is so crazy to witness, you know, mm. versus like a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah. It's I find stuff, it amazing like, and it's motivating. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I you try know, to use like, that as motivation for some of the guys in their gym. <laughs> I, I send them yeah. videos of like, look at this woman benching 350 pounds. How come you're not doing it?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, man, you gotta catch up. Yeah. <laughs> But it's a. I think it gets. It's gonna only help the sport grow. You know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. like, especially with like, a, a lot of women, I feel like probably weren't as involved with like getting into powerlifting years ago because of like, cause it seemed like it was. It, I mean, even the stigma behind team. it. It's a
0: man sport.
2: It's a man sport. You know, it's male dominated and stuff like that. Where like, the more that they see these women hit these like crazy feats of strength, and just like more women lifting overall think it just makes it it reshapes their thinking in terms of like okay well like well she can do that I'm like maybe i can be good at this too yeah. you know so i think it's uh only going to help the sport grow it's crazy to see some of the weights that like some of these women are lifting because i'm like hey, geez, give me a chance yeah. to catch up yeah well <laughs>
0: some of them are squatting more than me <laughs>
2: <laughs> or squatting more than well no maybe not more than i total but uh maybe between my squat and my bench
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what is your biggest total since you talked about total
2: oh uh, well my biggest total in terms of like per body weight was 709 at 97 so that's you know, like a seven something times body weight total or whatever i had natural squat total and deadlift record which was cool um it was like the second or third time I like cut to the 97 it wasn't a big drop so it was like kind of smooth sailing it was one of my best uh one of my best performances I guess like on the platform but um my best total is like I don't know high seven that's something. awesome
0: that's still awesome though so. cause you, like I didn't realize you were that small like I don't I hope it's not a um room or anything. Internet,
1: you, you a do a look a little bigger on
0: the internet <laughs> There's a couple of pictures that you've posted that were taken when you were at a meet. I was like, okay, she's kind of small, but I didn't realize you were that small, Yeah,
2: <laughs> but it's not, working on,
0: but you're, but, but you're, but like, you're not like a string being small. You're, you're, you know, you're a built smaller and it's, it's yeah, amazing. It's amazing yeah. the amount of weight that, you know, I don't mean it to be, uh, degrading or anything but a woman on top of being small lifting that kind of weight it's not oh, normal it's not the norm it's insane yeah, i
1: don't think
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's uh the the year that i hit the 709 and 97 was the year that like i made second for 97 overall um and everything which was really cool like it was exciting uh in the meet that i hit and everything like the the natural like i squatted like 270 i think at 97 i i don't remember what my bench was it wasn't that great obviously but uh
1: mine's not either
2: (laughs) (laughs) my death (laughs) was like 305 at 97 so 305 or or something but it was really cool and i mean it's i'm obviously like i'm gaining weight and stuff like that so it's it's a process uh to come from like that and everything but it's also really cool just for me on a personal level because there's a lot of like lighter lifters that will that like have reached out to me over the years and like they find it really impressed uh like impressive and stuff like that because you know they're they're smaller lifters so mm-hmm. like it's it's something like like i said it kind of goes back to the well if she could do it like i could do it. yeah it, it too. gives them
0: hope like hey she's doing this that means i can do it too
2: yeah yeah I absolutely like so it's, but I love it. I it's the funnest thing in the world for me to watch. Like, is just like all these women going and hitting all these like crazy numbers and like being super competitive, but also like being really supportive of each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, one of the most fun meets that I've done, and one of the, I would say like one of the most fun meets for women like in Florida is uh, it's called the Gen, um, but it's an all-women's event and everything, okay. and it's it's such a because women are, like, so much more expressive, too, when they, like... They're more aggressive. emotional. Yes. Yeah, you'll get the guy that's, like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, Hell,
0: like nothing. me. I don't get emotional about nothing.
2: Yeah. I'm not... I don't really have a good, like... Sometimes, like, I will get emotional and, like, like I'll jump... Like, usually Trevor's been at, like, most of my needs, so... Yeah. Like, I've had, like, a big squat or a big pull or something like that. Like, as I'm walking out the platform, usually, like, I'll end up, like, jumping and hugging yeah. you. <laughs> so, so... But I seen again, you get fired
0: up in a video on a deadlift.
2: Oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen like that often though. Like it's, yeah. Like I'm a very like stoic kind of lifter, I yeah. guess for the most part. I don't you know, know, know if I'm
0: there at the stoic level, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm usually pretty. I'm pretty calm. I don't get crazy amped up much.
2: Yeah, it takes a lot for me to get hyped up about like something. So, like, when I am hyped up, it's, like, I'm on a 10. <laughs> yeah. And there's
0: a reason for um, it.
2: Yeah. And it's, like, those are, like, some of the most fun days when I'm, like, really amped up and stuff. And, like, there's certain times where, like, I'll be very calm during the lifting portion of things. But then, like, if it's something that I'm really excited about, like, afterward is usually when I'm the most expressive mm-hmm. and stuff. But, like, the, the, the before and during, it's like, nothing. I just
1: like flat yeah.
0: out. <laughs> just, my last yeah. uh, that meet yeah. where I total delete, I was pretty emotionalist all the way up to my last deadlift. Now there was some intense like I was intense the whole day, but I was fairly relaxed as much as I could in between sets waiting. Um outside of Christian slapping the dog out of my neck to get me amped up for deadlifts. <laughs> There was no reaction of me. I mean, there's one time I would like, whoa, whenever he slapped my neck, it was like,
1: God, it hurt. Yeah.
0: But after my last pull, I did go nine for nine. I've done that twice. Nice. And I knew pulling that, I pulled more than Christian ever did in a meet, and I s- surpassed my elite total. So to yeah. outpull your coach and secure your elite total, I threw my hands up and I yelled, F yeah, like, it's very uncharacteristic of me i don't was not thinking it just came out and immediately yeah. I got emotional like yeah. it was just I've worked so hard for so long and I, it happened and it was just all out. It was pretty nice I got
2: like that well i didn't i didn't spring up yet but uh my most recent meet at hybrid i was i was just like a mess. Like competing, like I didn't feel like I belonged to be there. I was just overly stressed. Like the whole day was just like an emotional mm-hmm. wreck. In a sense, I was just like it was just a really hard. I didn't have fun, and that's where I messed up. It's because I didn't have fun, and I just it was not a good experience. But the whole uh, like prep leading into that meet, like I really had a big goal of like wanting to squat over three. Like that was something that I was. I wanted and Mm -hmm. I was working towards it and it was going really great during prep and everything. And my third squat, uh, I didn't call my numbers or anything like that. Riley actually like put it in for me, but she put 297 mostly just due to like how I was, how I was in between the lifting because of the actual lifting or anything, but because of like, like I just wasn't in the right headspace where I was confident, you know? Uh, so she called 297. 97 it still for me was like a big, it's still a big swap for me, like it's the most that I've ever touched, you know, it Yeah. that close to 300, you know, so it was like, after that, like I just started falling, like I was, I hugged Trevor and I was just crying and he just carried me away, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, uh, I was like still emotional like throughout the rest of that meet and everything, like just not in the right headspace of where it should have been and everything, but it was, uh, that was probably like the most emotional, I guess I've ever done. Like I've gotten excited and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh But like, that was the one that like, I don't know. I, just, I felt so satisfied with like knowing I at least got that given like where my head was, mm-hmm. you know what I mean?
0: It was a big accomplishment. Like,
2: yeah. So it's like, okay, well I know, I know like on my, what I would consider one of my worst days, I can still do this. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how
0: I looked at it. Sweet. So, uh, switch gears a little bit. I know we're running a little long. I don't, we didn't talk about how long it <laughs> was going to be on air. Uh,
2: Recorded
0: for an hour and 16 minutes. But, um, if you do have some more time, okay. what are some things outside of powerlifting that you enjoy?
2: Ooh, okay. I know you like um, dogs. I do like dogs. I have a... She's going to be nine this year. She's a pig. Uh, sweetest, sweetest dog ever. Um, so I do like dogs. I love animals. So like anything uh, involving them, like going to different like rescues or uh, like even fishing and stuff like like anything involving animals, I'm really cool with uh, something that like I get, I don't know. I just kind of like geek out over it. Yeah. So, uh, that, and I like a lot of outdoor stuff. So like hiking, uh, kayaking, floating down, like the, the river and stuff like that in the tube, like that.
1: Outdoors that's, and uh, stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 So I like all of that stuff. I mean, when I get the time for it, like one of my favorite things, we have a lot of springs in Florida Okay. Um, like, and like stuff like that. So like one of my favorite things is to like, just go up to like Northern parts of Florida and just check out different springs. Uh, and literally, just like float down the river. <laughs> so.
0: That's awesome. That's that's still that's popular. I think everywhere they do it kind of yeah. a lot down here. They do it quite a bit.
2: Yeah, they do. Uh, <laughs> it's very popular on like holidays here. Because Like everyone goes out and they go camping at like mm-hmm. the where the spring is and everything. And the full nine there, yeah. but I like going at any any point. I also like to. I don't know. There's like different. They're not really like state parks but there's different like areas where like there's like hiking trails and stuff like that. So I like going to different places. I also like to go to uh like different gyms. Like I like to experience the atmosphere in different gyms. Yeah. So we have a lot of powerlifting gyms, which I mean it's still powerlifting related, but I like going to different ones and just kinda of training there and you know, meeting some of the people that are there on a regular basis and yeah. stuff like that. Like that's uh, really good to do. Um, you know, aside from just like being in your own circle of people, I think it's good to expose yourself to different. Environments. I agree.
0: I think it's very crucial. I just unfortunately, okay. where we are, the closest gym to us that's even remotely powerlifting related is a hundred plus miles away.
2: Yeah, you're. It's a little bit different.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish it was the kind of like Florida and Texas. Every thirty forty minutes, you've got a powerlifting gym somewhere.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, they're kind of all over the place. I mean, like, Gainesville is, like, three hours from me. So, like, I'll go up there and I'll train. Or I'll go to Tampa, which is, like, two and a half hours, and I'll go train for the day or whatever. But, like, I don't know. If I don't have anything else to do for the day, it's not like it's taking me away from anything. Yeah. So, uh, but I like a lot of stuff, like, outdoors and, like, on the water and stuff. I don't really like the beach so much. Sand gets it. everywhere. No, it's just I can do without it. <laughs> I don't that's like the
0: like. sand either. I was my wife the other day. She said something about the beach. It's like, "Oh, I love the beach." And this, and I was like, "There's too much sand. Too much sand." Oh no, that's why I like the springs. There's no
2: sand. <laughs> yeah,
0: I so. like that.
1: But, yeah, I, I, was, I guess.
0: When I was talking with Trevor when he was down in Dallas, I need to take a trip down there and train with y'all, you, Riley, and uh, Trevor at the, y'all's gym down there mm-hmm. because I just want to take a trip. I've got a lot of vacation to burn, and I would like to go do something,
1: yeah,
2: come check it out it's a it's a cool little spot yeah you know, we have a lot of like really cool equipment and everything um uh, and it's just uh know, it's like a second home you
0: know I would be the same way like I a second home if my gym wasn't at my home because <laughs> <laughs> it's seriously like a hundred yards in my front yard it's yeah. just right across the yard. I mean, hey, it,
2: you know, beats uh, having a travel to it. Yeah, you know, right? it's it's convenient now.
0: At the same time, like, do you have any home gym equipment or anything like that?
2: Nope, okay. not a single thing.
0: People always say, "Well, it's easier for you because it's at your house." Like, well, it I does.
2: Like, like a yes or no? Yes, you know, it
0: can get very because I'm as earlier, I'm very anal about certain things, and it's yeah. been very rainy here. And it drives me nuts. Well, this week it's been kind of dry. And for me to drive home and see that my yard needs to be mowed (laughs) and I have to train on the same day and I go, the grass can wait, is very hard. Or I've had a very stressful day and now I come home and I walk into my cool house and I go, I can just sit on my couch. You know saying? Like, yeah. if you're leaving work, you go straight to the gym before you go home. It's a little bit, you know, you're still
2: in yeah. the process
0: of moving.
2: It's, it's- like you force yourself to be there, so now you got to do it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, there's just, that's, I talk to a lot of people in terms of, like, that at-home gyms. Mm-hmm. And on one side of things, like, yeah, it's really convenient because, like, it's right there. But that's also, like, a problem It's that it's right there. It's yeah. always accessible. So, like, if you're not really feeling it, it's like, all right, well, I could train tomorrow. You know, yeah. like, it's, You know, put it off. Whereas, like, I have to drive to the gym. So, like, if I'm taking the time to drive to the gym, you're
0: gonna work out.
2: (laughs) I gotta train because I'm here. it's less likely that I'm gonna be like, you know what, I'm
0: gonna drive home. So, but um, I noticed on your Instagram stories the last couple of weeks, I'm seeing a lot of plants, greenhouses, and stuff. You like plants?
2: I am very big into plants. Yeah, Uh, I one thing that i do enjoy that's not necessarily like outdoorsy hiking thing i like going to different like nurseries looking at like the plants that they have there uh i don't have like an excessive amount of them in my room but i do have a fair amount of them i don't know i just feel like i've read different things too where it like i don't know it provides more of a positive atmosphere yeah. and people that would be surrounded by plants are plants happier and
0: a good thing they 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 so give yeah. a i don't know they, they warm up a room there, there's something about them
2: yeah it's just It's like goodbye. And I guess like like why I like to be outside, you know, Mm -hmm. surrounded by stuff. I think
0: outside helps depression so much. Being outside um, just is the best cure for depression. Yeah, it's
2: uh, super underrated and completely free.
0: (laughs) Yeah, completely free. Insurance doesn't get hit. (laughs) It's just like, let's go outside and enjoy yourself. Like, how do you do it? Just go outside and walk.
1: So
2: it's it's uh I don't know I, I like I'm looking at them right now um <laughs> uh it's fun to like learn about the different ones and like I don't know some can be so challenging to care for <laughs> I'm like all I want you to it's do chore.
1: is live <laughs> just live yeah <laughs>
2: please just live stop dying on me uh and stuff so, but you know it's it's a it's a new uh different kind of challenge in its own way you know like taking care of like the different ones and like learning what different ones need and stuff like that. It's just something that's not it's something that's for me that's not powerlifting. Yeah.
0: It's a break from it's, it.
2: Yeah. As much as I love powerlifting and like there's so many aspects of it that are so great. I also don't want it to be something where it's like my entire identity. Yeah. It's like, you know, God forbid knock on wood if uh I got severely injured or something and then like I wouldn't you know if I couldn't lift, or I couldn't train or whatever it is like if it was my entire identity at that point, what would I have? Yeah. Know? So I, I love it. And it's such an important part of my life uh, and everything, but I I'm getting to this point where I refuse to make it everything I am. So Yeah, I'm learning where,
0: like, that the, I'm, I'm learning that you, yeah, I can't do everything.
2: <laughs> no, it's a large part. Like, mm-hmm for sure. Yeah. I mean, especially between like coaching people at the gym and um, and just with my own training and stuff. Well, that comes
0: part of your, your livelihood on some of it.
2: Yeah. You know, it's, there's so many aspects of it that become such like, it's such a big part of it, you know, but I also, I don't want it to be the whole thing. You know, I, I'm a very, there's a lot of different things about me. So I don't necessarily want to just soak in just one thing and just be that one thing. You know,
0: I'm the same way. I, I, um, I tend to get, um, consumed with things.
2: Yeah, I get that.
0: <laughs> I need to, of course it's, it's hard, especially for someone in your situation, you know, a lot of, you I mean, your income depends on training someone. Some of your income does, depends on that. And it's related around powerlifting, So it's really difficult to separate those things. But in my aspect, I've got a full-time job that's not remotely close to fitness in any aspect. And to allow something that had such a small time frame in my day to consume so much time of my day, like all my thoughts, all this, all that, I'm getting to the point now where I don't miss every family outing, no matter if I'm in prep or not, if it's a training day. I wouldn't go just because I had to train. Now it's, okay, I'm going to set aside these 15, 16 weeks for this meet and miss as little as possible during those 15, 16 weeks. And then when in the off-season, I will train in the morning or do this or do that to make adjustments for those more important things. Um, I think I'm learning that with maturity as I get closer mm-hmm. to the big three O.
1: Yeah. And, and,
0: that, and that's one of those things that like taking a step back and like you were talking about earlier, figuring out why I enjoy doing this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why am I doing it? And then I think allowing yourself to have an outlet that's not powerlifting related allows you to keep that, like that, um, keep that inside on why you're doing
2: it. Yeah, Yeah, no, I agree. And it's, I mean, regardless of whatever it is, I think that's super important because prior to this last meet, like I was, even though I wasn't like a best powerlifter, like it was all I was, like it was all I did, it's all I cared about. Uh, I mean like of course like I had work and this that and the other but it was like my main focus I didn't really allow myself like other like I would see friends and stuff but it was like I would go to a gym and we would lift yeah. <laughs> like you know where, uh, <clears throat> I wouldn't really I couldn't attend different like uh family things because of uh, I had to lift at this time you know because that's the time I thought I yeah. would always lift in this that and the other and it's like I don't know as I get older uh, I feel like it's important to have more than just that one thing, have other things that break it up so that you can continue to love it as much as you do. Like yeah. it, it, if it's an important part of your life and everything, it's okay to keep it as an important part of your life, but just not make it so much where it's everything that you're also missing out on even more important parts of your life yeah. that you're not taking the time to acknowledge because you're so focused on, I have to lift at this time because that's the time that I lift. And this, that, and the other. I feel like, you know, we have to be adaptable to some degree. And like now, granted, I'm very lucky. My uh, family and stuff like that. They they just recently moved up from Miami, okay. um, which is where they lived before. So I didn't really see them as much with distance. Now they live like way too close. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> way you know, too like... close. <laughs> I could throw a rock and hit their house but same here um, <laughs> my mom and dad's like a
0: half a mile from my house
2: yeah but like now it, like I'm they're incredibly supportive they know that it's super important to me Um, you know that it, it's an important part of my life so you know they understand if I have certain days where I train or I have clients or whatever it is and stuff but I'm also getting to the point where you know if, if we have a family event or something like that they're close enough where like I'll adjust my training you yeah. know it's not like I need to I need to go at seven because that's the time that I go every single you know day or whatever or it's even healthy. like I'm, yeah it's it just I have a very addictive sort of personality so. so like certain things that I gain interest in that's like I'm so focused on it and everything um,
0: I think it's very common to find that with it seems yeah. like most powerlifters seem to have a very addictive personality Or just, I don't, I I can't just say powerfully first. I'm sure anybody who gets consumed with, you know, a sport or anything has got some type of addictive personality.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, so like, like even today, like normally, uh... Like when we started the podcast, and I would be at the gym and stuff. <laughs>
1: <I'm> Whereas, sorry. <laughs>
2: no, no, you're fine. Uh But it's like, you know, like I'm getting to the point now in my life where it's like I can go at an earlier time. I can go at a later time. I can adjust things where like if I can't make it, you know, this day, then I'll just make it up on this day. And if it's not the normal time I train, like yeah. it's, it'll be fine. I'll still get it done, you know. Goodness,
0: so you train late.
2: Yeah, well, I normally, I normally work uh one of my jobs to like three ish or so and then I have some clients that I train in the evening. Okay.
1: And then uh
2: I don't know, I've always been an evening lift like evening lifter. Mm-hmm. So it's just automatic I guess. Um but around like yeah, like six or seven or so, like I'm usually like there training yeah. and stuff.
0: I'm usually getting so. out of the gym about seven, seven
2: thirty. Okay. Well that's, that's a lot nice yeah. And I get off general. work at
0: five o'clock. And I come straight yeah. home and I get home about five fifteen, five twenty. I change clothes, go out to the gym. And I am an old man. Like <laughs> I'm an old man in a young man's body. If I could wake up at four o'clock every morning and go to bed at seven, eight o'clock every night, I would be happy. I just yeah. I'm an early morning person and I'm an early to bed person.
2: See yeah. I can be an early morning,
0: not not four AM. Uh, <laughs> not, not that early.
2: no but like I will I automatically will wake up like six between six and seven every single morning doesn't matter if I have an alarm doesn't matter if I have anything planned like that's just when I wake up I don't really like to mentally be awake at that time so it takes me a little bit later you know in the uh you like coffee uh I don't you don't like coffee no it's uh you know what's funny is like Riley always gives me so much shit for this because like I will constantly, like, buy a coffee, uh, Mm -hmm. whether it's hot or iced or whatever. And I'll, I'll, like, try it and, like, really convince myself, like, this is it. I'm going to like it this time. And it just never worked out. And she's like, I don't know what to do This.
0: (laughs) I love coffee. I love it. And I I might have an unhealthy addiction to coffee.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love the smell of it, but, like, I don't know. I don't really – I don't feel like I'm any more – Oh, no. I I don't drink
0: coffee because – I drink I because drink I like the way it tastes. Okay. Do you
2: drink it with, like, cream and sugar or black? Black. Okay. But I will say that there was a short period of time where I did drink coffee, and it was uh, black, but it
0: was iced. Oh. Starbucks has a iced cold coffee or whatever. It's pretty good. Uh,
1: cold brew or something? Yeah,
0: it, it's okay. I just, I've just i got a cousin who lives in w- Wisco- Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Who owns a roastery called Brew Haha? Oh. And they have some fantastic coffee beans. And I grind my own coffee beans and I do like a French press and all that kind of goodness. Ooh, yeah. Okay. So fancy. I'm, I'm fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like coffee. I do. Um, In the mornings when I'm working and things like that, I'm starting to get up earlier to where I have time to like really take my time to get ready, sit at the kitchen bar. And actually, read for the first time in my life. Entire life, I have read. uh It was three weeks ago, I think, when Paul uh, and I did did a podcast. Yeah. And that podcast, I ordered that book. The jo- jo- uh, not Jordan Peterson's, but I also been reading Jordan Peterson's Twelve Rules of Life book. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. I was-
2: not
0: too long ago about that, I'm yeah. pretty sure. It's good. Um it it it's got some pretty blunt principles. But mm-hmm. if you look at it, it's like, okay, there is it's cutting through the bull crap and saying this is the way it is. This is how human nature is, and this is the reason why this happens, it's the reason why that happens. And it makes sense, especially if you listen to that and you look at how even adults today are acting. Yeah. Like you you see how important that is. And then he I started reading the Daily Stoic um or stoic um it's a really good book and i've been reading it every day it's a short little devotional thing it mm-hmm. has you know like one page i think that's the reason why i can read it every day because it's not a ton of reading <laughs> i just yeah. i've just been somebody who hated reading but i've started waking up earlier and i could start doing a fancier coffee like the french press um, and stuff like that because usually i'll just grind my own coffee beans up and throw it in a little Curie container that's for coffee yeah. beans instead of their pods and do that and it's not near as good as a french press but now that i'm waking up earlier i can do that so it's nice to have a really stout cup of warm black coffee as i read every morning
2: yeah it's uh it's almost
0: like it's that your your me time that really sets your day mm-hmm. you know i like it it's such kind of like a head start Yeah, It feels like a head start a little bit. Like even though it's, you're still leaving the house at the exact same time. Like I leave at 7.30 to be at work at 8. So it's like, eh. I just hate the fact. The only bad thing is. Is I hate working for somebody for eight hours of my day. But I don't live in an area where I can't. And that's an excuse. It is. But. We don't have, like, in hope, there's, you're talking, there's not many opportunities to do much of your own business. Yeah. So, so it's, it's kind of one of those things, like, you're stuck the nine to five.
2: Yeah, I can relate to that in a sense, because, like, uh, like with one of the places that I do a lot of work for and everything like that, like, it's, it's someone else's business, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not my own. So it's like the time that I'm there and I'm devoting to them is devoting to working towards their goals of their business, you know? So it's like, granted, on my end of things, it's more of just uh, like lack of follow through with certain things. But um, like I can relate to the feeling of just hating that you're spending that time of your day, you know, and then kind of feeling like you don't really have an option but to spend that time of your day towards that. Mm Mm-hmm but it, uh, sometimes it really frustrates me in a, in a, you know, well, I mean, frustration in general is pretty negative, but <laughs> uh, it can frustrate me on certain t- uh, like certain days more than others, especially because like with the training, I'm, uh, I'm not fully to the point where I want to be in terms of like that being, you know, everything. So it's like during that transitional phase of things, like, okay, well, I mean this is just what I have to do until I get to that point. Yeah. You know, but it still it still kind of sucks that it's like those hours that I could be doing other things like for me, for my business, you yeah. know, it's I'm it's for someone else. It's for someone and it's else. That's a hard business. pill to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. Super hard.
0: But we're getting to an hour and 37 minutes. I'm uh, s- <laughs> So, <laughs> I got one more question for you and I've Okay. You actually got a little cheat. I'll let you know what the question was beforehand. So,
1: Yes. I think if
0: you true. were stranded on an island and mm-hmm. you had one food to eat for the rest of your life, what would it be?
2: So when you originally asked this question, instinctually, I wanted to take steak. However, I think Paul would be more proud of me if I said potato. potatoes.
1: Potatoes. Uh,
2: and I also would enjoy potato for the several different ways that I could make the potato but probably potatoes. Like I don't care how they come, but it's a uh, it's crazy like the actual like nutritional value that's within a potato. A I lot. know there's like some, Yeah, there's certain countries where it's like that's all they eat. So, I mean, in terms of survival and being stranded on an island, if I could have potatoes, I at least know that I'd be surviving for a while, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I don't know, I'd probably like get water from wherever And find a way to boil them to make mashed potatoes. I could have like scalloped potatoes. There's a lot of different ways I could have potatoes. So,
1: you know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) you got a really good answer on that one. I'm still picking steak.
2: (laughs) I don't, I really wanted to like say that at first. Steak or pizza?
0: I'm, I'm such a fat kid at heart. That's insane.
2: I like pizza, but if I eat too much of it, like I won't feel good. Uh, steak, I think I, it's probably like the bulk of my protein is where it's like a bulk of my protein I can eat a lot comes. of steak. It's, uh, like ground beef and chicken and stuff is so much easier to, from like me to eat and stuff, but I, I just don't enjoy the steak, you know?
0: No, I, I can't do it. I, well, I haven't been, but I'm going to more so is I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back more so to steak and rice, chicken and rice, like grilled like legit, yeah. like let's, let's do it up. And then of course vegetables and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I really greatly appreciate you coming on here. It's been an honor. Um, how can people reach you?
2: Um, well they could follow me, I guess at Carson PR on Instagram, probably the best way of contact. Uh, or, uh, they could like shoot me a DM or send me an email. It's attached on my Instagram page and everything. Uh, if they have any questions or anything they can feel free to reach out
0: okay um i will let you for the subject zero part you can plug your code for subject zero if you want to
2: (laughs) okay uh for all your subject zero needs you can use melissa 10 to save 10 percent off any subject zero profit
0: there you go um and for training they can reach you on instagram and email and things too
2: yeah uh if they reach me at my uh i don't really have like a separate instagram or anything like that for like training purposes or anything um, But they can totally reach me just via my normal Instagram. Shoot me a DM or send me an email or anything off of that will be good to go.
0: Well, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Right. See ya.